right. Well, Merry Christmas, Doxa. Guys, I've been saving that one for today. I know some of you guys that are like in the lineage of Buddy the Elf, you've been saying that for months and annoying a lot of us, but there's grace for that, okay? But guys, it's, it's Christmas. We're, we're here together. We're, we're celebrating. We're celebrating every time we, we gather, but today's, you know, special. We got cute little kids singing. We got donuts on a wall. Because I, donut, I love donuts, but while I see them on a wall, I love, am I the only one that they look so much better on a wall? No? Yeah, okay. But even better than that, guys, we, we got baptisms, right? And we're excited about all this stuff. But if you're new or, or visiting, my name is Rob. I'm, I'm one of the pastors here. And it's great to have you here, part of the, the Doxa family today. But as we get going, guys, let me, let me kind of just frame up today like this. Okay, here's, here's what I've been praying for, for you and for me for this specific service, okay? And I'll, and I'll put it like this. Last night, I was in Iowa doing a wedding. And I was talking to the couple before the wedding, and they're just like, man, I cannot wait for this day to be over, right? They're just overwhelmed with details. They're mad at their parents. It's just like a joyful day, right? And uh, I, was, I was talking to them. I was like, guys, just strip away all the stress, all the details, and, and just focus on what really matters. And, and guys, the best part of the, the ceremony was this like really sweet moment right in the middle of the ceremony where there's music playing. The couple just kind of went off to the corner of the stage, and they just prayed together. And they were just praying and they were thanking God for, for saving them, for bringing the, them together. They were asking God to just like keep them together in this sacred bond. And it was just like this really cool, beautiful moment. And guys, this is kind of what I'm hoping that this service is for every single one of us, right? That we're in this Christmas season, guys, there's, there's so much stuff going on, like all the details, all the travel plans, the dinner plans, the presents, all the stuff that can be distracting and overwhelming. My hope is, is that this is a moment in time, just like this, this sweet space that we have that we can strip away all those distractions and just really focus on what Christmas is all about, Jesus, right? And this is what we're going to do. And so if you have a Bible, go ahead and grab it, open up to the, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1. We're going to start by looking at the, the first Christmas, right, and the birth of, of Jesus. And if you don't have a Bible, guys, and, and you're new, like, this is kind of like every family has its thing, right? Every family's got its kind of traditions and, and all that stuff. As we as the Doxa family, what we do is we gather is we open up the Bible and we seek to hear from God and then respond to God, hopefully seeking to become more like Jesus and more into, more into the men and women that he's created us to be. And so if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one on the way out. You can stop at the welcome table to be a stack, take one, take an armful, whatever, if you want to give them out. At some point you'll be reading, it'll say, thou shall not steal. You didn't steal that. We gave it to you as a gift. It's Christmas, okay? But let's just get right into this. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 is where we're going to start. We're going to look at the very first Christmas. And here's what we see. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ, I want you to circle Jesus Christ. The birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. Circle this way. Now, I'll stop because here's what I want you to know, guys. If, if you're new, if you're new to understanding the Bible, if you're new to understanding Christianity, you need to know that the Bible is, is about historical things that have actually happened. All right, and this is where Christianity is, is different from philosophy and just kind of vague spirituality because it's really about history. And so when the Bible tells us that Jesus came this way, what this means is that we know exactly how Jesus came because God was, was faithful to give us a, a credible historical account of how he came down from eternity. And what we see here, guys, is if you look back, his name is Jesus Christ. And honestly, there is so much that we could say. We could camp out on this for the next hour or so. For your sake and the kids downstairs, we won't do that. All right. But the Bible, when you read it, it 
you can read through things like this that kind of seem like really simplistic, but it's really kind of like looking at an iceberg, right? From the surface, it doesn't look that impressive, but you look under the surface a little bit, and there's a mountain of significance. And this is true here, but here's what you need to know. The name Jesus means that God is our savior, all right? And this is so significant because many people, some people will really just try and put Christianity in the category of, of other religions. But the truth is, is guys, Christianity does not fit in the category of other religions because essentially what other religions will, will teach us is, is really just how to save ourselves. They'll, they'll teach us how to do things with our lives that, that will in the end make us acceptable in the sight of God. But you know, we need to understand like it's, it's not just about that because other religions will, will teach us that we really need to keep reincarnating to pay off our, our karmic debt, that we need to do a, a lot of good things and make sure our good deeds with our life outweigh our, our bad deeds. But guys, I want you to know this. Christianity is, is completely antithetical to that because it's not that we save ourselves, but it's that God is our savior. And the name Jesus is all about this. It's, it's pointing us, it's reminding us of, of this truth. And guys, basically Christmas is, is telling us that we could never get to God in heaven on our own, but that God had to come to you as the man Jesus. And so his name is, is Jesus, God is our savior, but also Christ, right? Jesus Christ. And, and Christ just really means the, the chosen one, the, the anointed one, the, the special one. And, and the reality is, is the, that Jesus is special, he, he's significant, that he isn't just a good man, but he's the God man. And he's changed the world in really significant ways. I mean, if you really consider the man Jesus, guys, no one has impacted the world as much as he has. That Jesus is the most significant person who has ever lived in the history of the world. He's, he's a man that, that more songs have been sung about, more paintings painted of, more books written regarding than anyone who has ever lived. So much so, so significant is he that Billions of people around the world gather weekly to worship him as God, Savior, Christ, and King. There truly has been nobody who has impacted the world as much as Jesus. I mean, if you really even think deeper about it, like our calendar that we live by is based on this man. I mean, human history literally divides into BC, meaning before Christ, and AD, Anno Domini, meaning the year of our Lord. And Matthew is telling us here that here is how the God-man... Here is how Jesus came into human history. And he's saying, here's the facts, guys. Here, here's the story. Here's exactly how it happened. And so he continues. Look back at the second part of verse one. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be a child from the Holy Spirit. I want you to circle from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her, underline this next part, is from the Holy Spirit. Okay, so this is one of those times in the Bible, right, that we just got to kind of put ourselves in, in this situation, right? This is like one of these weird, stressful moments for this teenage guy, right, named, named Joseph. I mean, guys, imagine this, right? You, you're a teenager, you, you found the girl of your, your dreams, and you're about to get married and she comes up to you like the day before the wedding and she's like, hey, by the way, just a small little thing. I'm pregnant, right? And Joseph, like this teenage guy, he's like, I'm not like a, a master yet in human sexuality, but I know enough that we, we lacked some of the connection that causes to make a child, right? So you might be pregnant, but I don't think we are pregnant. 
And what we see, guys, is, is Joseph is a, he's an honorable man. He's a good man, and so he thinks she's been unfaithful, but he doesn't want to put her to shame. And so he decides, okay, I'm not going to be with her. I'm going to divorce her quietly. But in the midst of this, guys, this angel shows up. This angel of the Lord comes to Joseph and says, hey, she, she hasn't been unfaithful. She's actually a really faithful woman, and God has chosen her. He's seemed to give her favor. And the angel of the Lord said that God has, has intervened in a miraculous way. He's done something that has never been done before, will never happen again. And God came into human history by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit to be born of a woman as a baby. And guys, while this is like kind of mysterious and it's a, it's a miracle and we might not be able to fully like wrap our minds around it and comprehend it, that doesn't negate it as, as true. And so if you look back at verse 21, the angel says, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And I want you to circle this next part for he will save his people from their sins. And so if you, if you guys are like wondering, like why is Jesus such a big deal? Like some of you guys maybe have been coming to Doxa for the last couple of weeks and you're like, you guys are like my kids' toys that have one button and make one sound, right? You're just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And maybe you're like, why do you keep doing that? Or maybe like you don't really know and you've forgotten what Christmas is all about, but guys, this is the reason for Jesus coming that we are all sinners in need of a savior. Because that even the seemingly great among us, the most Christian among us, those of you who came out of the womb and your first word was Jesus, congratulations, even you, we're broken and we're messed up with sin and we desperately need a savior. And we can't save ourselves. And we can try but we, cut, we come to the realization that, that religion can't save us because morality can't save us. Our, our good deeds can't save us, but Jesus can. Jesus will and Jesus does. Because Christmas is a reminder that we all need a rescue. And Jesus comes as our savior to do this for us. And he's, as he's born and he steps onto the stage of, of human history, he does so to save us from our sin, to save us from death, to save us from hell, to save us from everything that we do that is just foolish. This is Jesus. And Matthew goes on to say this. Look at verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. David talked about this last week, that the Bible is just peppered with all these prophecies that were fulfilled in this moment of Jesus' birth. Verse 24, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Guys, this is the, this is the Christmas story. This is, this is how it happened. Now, let me, let me say this, okay? There's really no, like, good, credible, um, like academic, historical debate over the fact that a man named Jesus was actually born and actually lived as a man on this earth. All right, the confusion and the disagreement around Jesus, they don't exist around the question of, of did he actually exist, but, it, but they, they arise and they revolve around his identity as, as the God-man, as, as king. All right, that, that some people will say, some of you maybe are in this camp that you're like, okay, I can accept that, that Jesus is like a historical figure, that he, he lived a long time ago and he did a lot of good things. And you would kind of like lump Jesus into like the Mount Rushmore of, of moral figures, right? So you have like 
you have Martin Luther King, you have Gandhi, you have Mother Teresa, and right there in the middle is, is Jesus. And you would just kind of lump them in there and you say, yeah, I believe that, but I'm going to deny the fact that he's God. Here's what I would submit to you just to even think about today. Because when you really consider Jesus' birth and his life and his words, it really kind of makes it really difficult to land there. That Jesus kind of draws a line in the sand as to who he says he is. And, and with this reality, guys, since we find ourselves in Christmas, which has its roots in the birth of Jesus, we have to consider this. Because the reality is, is this, is that Jesus is either just another baby who was born right? Just an ordinary guy, which really kind of makes celebrating Christmas like a, a really weird thing. Like we don't make a, a holiday that's celebrated all around the world for every kid that's born. So that's, a, that's an option. It's kind of a strange one. Or Christmas is about God showing himself to be king. And so here's what I want to do, guys. We're going to spend the rest of our time not just listening to like the narrative about how Jesus came into human history, but we're going to listen to Jesus's words himself, all right, the, the things that Jesus said about himself that's really going to help us to answer, guys, the most important question that any of us could ever answer is this, is who is Jesus? I mean, ultimately, the, the question of Christmas is in the songs that we sing, right? The, the Christmas carols, what child is this? This is the question. And to answer that, we're going to look at six things that Jesus said about himself. And the first is this. Number one, Jesus said that he came down from heaven. And we're going to kind of bounce around the, the gospels to look at these things that Jesus says. But we see Jesus saying this in John chapter six. He says, I've come down from heaven. And those who were listening to this said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say I have come down from heaven? Because Jesus is, is telling us that he existed before his entrance into human history from the womb of his mother, Mary. He's telling us that, that he existed in eternity past in heaven as God without beginning or end. And those who were present and those who were hearing this like crazy claim of Jesus, they were kind of just like stopped. I mean, they were, they were startled by this. They were shocked by it because they're basically saying like, okay, hold up. That's Joseph's boy. They're saying like, isn't this the guy that we were like friends with, we, we grew up with? Like we, we watch this guy grow from like a, an infant to now an adult. Like how can he say, they're asking this question, like how can he say that he came down from heaven when we know him? Because here's what we need to know. These, these people knew Jesus, but they really didn't understand Jesus. Because the, the reality is, guys, Jesus is God from heaven. That he's God who came into human history on a rescue mission for us. And it's so important for us to remember that Jesus is not a man who became God, but he's God that became one of us. And so God, he humbled himself and he came on this rescue mission to seek and save those who had sinned and are separated from him. Guys, this is who Jesus is. God become a man from heaven. And I want you to know, guys, here's where it gets practical for us. Because this is really good news. Because some of you, you maybe hear that and you're like, oh, okay, that's, that's interesting. Because this is some of the best news that we could ever hear. Because the fact that God became a man, it means that Jesus is personal and he's relevant to us all, that he's not some far off being that we can't really know, but he has come to us, he's come near us, he, he listens to us, he helps us, he's for us. And the fact that maybe you don't feel like God is near to you like that. Maybe you, you feel like God doesn't really care about your life or he doesn't really hear and listen to your prayers, but I want you to know this, guys. Remind yourself to the, about this this Christmas is that he came down from heaven to be near to you. 
that God's presence in your life is a constant reality, even if you don't feel it in the moment. He's near to you. He wants you to know him. He wants to shower you with love and grace, and he's here to meet with you today. And so the first thing is he says he comes down from heaven. The second thing that Jesus said is this, is that he's more than just a good man. All right, we read this in in Mark chapter 10. And he, Jesus, was setting out on his journey. A man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Because there's, there's likely some of you here today that are making the same mistake as this man who went up to Jesus and started talking to him. Uh, that you would say that, that Jesus was, was a good man, but you would deny that Jesus is the God man. Uh, that some of us, we would look at Jesus and we would just say that he's simply a, a miracle worker, a teacher, a servant, that he was really kind to, to poor and oppressed people. And Jesus is, in fact, all of those things, but he, he's so much more. He's not just good, but he's God, that he isn't just the best among sinners, but he's the savior of sinners. And when this man approaches Jesus and says, hey, good teacher, Jesus basically says, hey, 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 hold up here just for a second. Like, don't call me good unless you know that I'm God, because only God is good. And I'd submit to you guys that the only reason there is good news for us the only reason celebrating Christmas makes any amount of sense is because Jesus isn't just a good man. Because here's the truth, guys. There have been a lot of good men who have lived and been killed throughout the history of the world. And honestly, those men do nothing for our lives today. But because Jesus is is not only good, but he's also God, this means that there's good news because God made a way for us, that God came and he died for our sin to bring us to himself. And only God can do that. A good man really does nothing for us, but God gives us eternity and God gives us hope. Number three, Jesus performs miracles. He says that his his works validate his words. And in John chapter 10, this is what Jesus says. Listen to this. But God has set me apart for himself. He sent me into the world. Then how can you say that I'm speaking against God because I said I am the son of God? If I'm not doing the works of my father, do not believe me. But if I do them... Even if you do not believe me, believe my works that I do. Then you will know that the Father is in me and I am in him. They tried again to take him, but he got out of their hands. Guys, Jesus did in fact feed the hungry. He did in fact heal the sick. In his presence, blind people could see, cripples could leap for joy, those who were mute could could call out his name, that Jesus was and is a miracle worker. And when people would come to Jesus, he continually repeatedly, like emphatically and unapologetically said of himself that he is God. And he says it right here. He's declaring himself to be the son of God. And he's saying that I am the same as the father. And as they did this, they, they accused him of, of blasphemy, which is just declaring yourself to be God. And here Jesus is, he's declaring himself to be God, but he's not a liar. We need to know this, that he's a truth teller. And he says to them, look back. He says, if you don't believe my words, then then believe my works. He says, look at the power of God. Look at the miraculous, saving, healing, life-changing, transformative power that comes with me. And he says, even if you hear the things that I say and you don't believe them, look at the things that I do. And this is going to validate everything that I've said. And guys, you need to know that Jesus still works miracles today. Some of you are in a bad spot. Some of you are in like a, a dark night of the soul, a valley, and you need to know that Jesus has come near and Jesus is capable of doing anything. 
There's good news. He works miracles. I've seen him heal people who are sick. I've seen him change lives that are destroyed and, and save marriages that were about to be over. I've seen him liberate addicts from the addiction to, to substances. And he tells us, like, don't just believe my words. And even if you don't, look at the, the things that are happening around me. And guys, let's just make this intensely practical. We see miracles all the time. Right? We see the life power, life-changing power of Jesus all of the time. This tub of water is a picture of that. Like, believe it or not, this isn't because we're like really gracious people and some people got their water turned off because they couldn't pay their bills and they just need a quick bath today, right? This is actually a picture of Jesus being a miracle worker. Guys, if you struggle to believe the words of Jesus, take a look at the works of Jesus. And today, guys, like as we watch every single person get baptized, this points us to the fact that Jesus still does miracles because every person baptized is a miracle of God, a miracle of Jesus. And even today, guys, we're anticipating God doing miraculous things in our lives here. But he is gonna save some of you. He's gonna change some of your lives. He's gonna redeem some of you. Some of you will never be the same because you're gonna have an encounter with Jesus and he's gonna rewrite the script of your life. Jesus does miracles, guys, and this is great news. Number four, Jesus said he's sinless. All right, he says this clearly in John chapter eight. Look what he says. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Here's what we, try, here's what we tend to do as, as people. We, we tend to like, elevate and respect the most holy and the most godly and the most honorable amongst us. But the reality is, is guys, none of us are without sin. And for me, I, I remember the first time I, I realized this, I, I, I had just become a Christian. I was part of this church. The, the pastor was, he became a friend of mine. He was mentoring me, discipling me, and I was meeting with him for one of the first times. And as I sat there, he was kind of like a squirrely bald dude, but I was sitting there looking at him across the table from this coffee shop. And, and I had this thought, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this must be what Jesus is like. Like literally, I just had this elevated thing that there were just some people like pastors that were just like super spiritual, super like just godly and they were without sin. It's just not true. And I remember when it all hit me, I mean, my mind was blown while I was sitting there with him and he started talking to me about some of his struggles in life. And he was talking to me about having young kids and like his anger was kind of coming out and he was talking about some of the different sin struggles that he had. And it just, I just sat there and my mind was, was blown. Guys, no one is perfect. No one is without sin. It's only Jesus. And I'll even tell you this today that Rob Warren has sin in his life. I have sin in my past, I have sin in my present, and I have sin in my future that I haven't got to yet, but I promise you I will get to it. That we are all sinners by nature and choice, and this includes our, our thoughts, our words, our deeds, our motives. And, and I know that for some of us, maybe we're sitting here and we think, man, this isn't that really big, that's not that big of a deal. It becomes a big deal when you understand the nature of sin is that sin separates. It separates us from God, it separates us from each other, and if this separation does not get mediated, does not get fixed, does not get forgiven, it goes on for eternity, and this is the terrible conscious reality of hell. It's just eternal separation from God. And apart from Jesus, guys, this is where we exist. 
None of us can say that we're without sin. None of us can make this claim that Jesus does. In fact, for those of you who aren't like maybe particularly religious, chances are when somebody has screwed up, when you've screwed up or done something foolish, you've probably said this, no one is what? Perfect. Jesus says, except for me. This is an amazing claim. Jesus gets up in front of a crowd of people and he says, does anybody have anything against me? And no one can say anything. Because Jesus alone is without sin. And guys, because he is without sin, that means that he can forgive your sin. And this leads to number five. Jesus said he forgives sin. So we all have this, this sin issue. Jesus forgives that. Mark chapter two, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. And the critics said, he's blaspheming again. Who can forgive sin but God alone? Because Jesus looks at this sinful man, just as Jesus would look at me, just as Jesus would look at you. And he says, your sins are forgiven. And the people that were watching this, the religious teachers that were watching this, they knew that this is something that only God can do. So guys, when, we're, when we sin, we're, we're acting in opposition to who God is and, and what God says. And God alone is the one that can forgive sin. And Jesus says, I forgive sin. And, I, and I'd submit to you this, guys. There's something that every single one of us needs above anything else in our life. Your biggest need is not financial. It's not just things. It's not relational. It's not occupational. It's about the sin that is in your life and in my life. Our biggest need is forgiveness of sin. Guys, that, that burden of guilt, that, that shame that we carry, that condemnation that we think about, those quiet moments when you and I ponder the most regrettable parts of our life, those things that we've done, the things that we've said, we all need forgiveness. And every other religion in the world will tell you this, Here's what you can do to deal with your sin. You can, you can follow this path. You can, you can do these certain things. You can adhere to this plan. Jesus steps into human history and he says, I'll take care of it for you. But there's nothing left for us to do because Jesus has done everything. All that we do is trust in him. Guys, this is what Christmas is all about. That Jesus was born to go to the cross to be beaten, to be tortured, to be executed for our sin. And we learn from the Bible that the penalty for sin is, is death. It's, it's physical and spiritual death. And Jesus comes onto the stage of human history to rescue us from spiritual by death by, by taking death upon himself on the cross. And on the cross, Jesus substitutes himself for us. That in the garden, we substituted ourselves for God. And on the cross, Jesus reverses that substitution and takes our sin from us through faith. This is Jesus. This is Christmas. That Jesus, through faith, takes us from enemies of God because of our sin. And he makes us friends of God. Jesus forgives. And lastly, number six, Jesus says this, that he is the only way to heaven. John 14, six. Look at this. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so not only does, does Jesus come from, down from heaven, he, he lives a life without sin, he dies for sin, but he, he rises from the dead and he ascends back into heaven. And as he does this, guys, he opens up the doorway into the presence of God. 
And he invites us all to pass through this door by trusting him. And there's something so important that we just all need to know, guys, that, that Jesus is the only way. And I need to just tell you this, and I don't say this as an, as an angry man, as an angry preacher that's throwing Bibles and doing all this stuff, I say this as a dying man take, talking to dying men and women, that not all paths lead to eternal life. Not all religions save. Not all self-proclaimed gods and goddesses are truly the one true God. Jesus, guys, is exclusive. And I know in our world today, especially in a city like Madison, this is absolutely controversial. There's some of you that are Christians in here that you're saying, Rob, don't say this. This is gonna tick somebody off. Because it would be the height of hate for me not to tell the truth. Like my job is to simply just say the truth. Your job is to figure out what to do with it. But we just absolutely need to know that there is no salvation, there's no forgiveness of sin, there's no eternal life, there's no reconciliation with God without faith in Jesus. But here's the great part, guys. See, Jesus is, is not just exclusive, but he's also inclusive, meaning that he invites everyone. So no matter what sin you've committed, Jesus invites you. No matter what race you are, Jesus invites you. No matter what religion you've participated in, Jesus invites you. Whether you've been atheist, agnostic, apathetic, Jesus invites you. And I want you to know, guys, that the door is open. And it's exclusive, meaning there's only one door. But it's inclusive, meaning that everyone's willing to walk through the door through faith. Guys, you are welcome. Christmas is screaming out. You are welcome into the family of God, no matter what, period. And guys, this is what God wants you to know this Christmas. You know, and here at Doxa, we want everyone to feel welcome because this is what Jesus did. We want everyone here to feel loved and invited because this is what Jesus did. We want everyone here to, to hear and to know the truth because this is what Jesus did. And so let me end with just saying this, guys. All of these things that Jesus said, they're either true or they're false. All right? C.S. Lewis, a man that's way smarter than me, philosopher, theologian, author, here's how he put it. Take a look at this. He said, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said, all of these things that we just listened to him say, wouldn't be a great moral teacher. He'd either be insane or else he'd be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else insane or something worse. But let's not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He hasn't left that open to us. He didn't intend to. Guys, when it comes to Jesus and all the stuff that he said about himself that we just looked at today, the reality is, is he's either a liar, a lunatic, or the Lord. I mean, think about it. This is a man that is telling us to, to pray to him. This is a man that's telling us to confess sin to him. This is a man that's telling us to, to trust him and to, to follow him and to, to give our lives to him. And if he's not God, he is the most despicable, terrible, lying man who has ever lived. And this whole thing is a joke and you need to run away because this is a cult and we don't want anything good from you or for you. But if he tells the truth, then he is in fact God. There's no other option. And so let me ask you this question, guys. Who is Jesus to you? 
And as you think about that, I, I need you to know that this really is the single most important question that you will ever answer. Eternity hangs on the answer to that question. And the very nature of Christmas that we celebrate every year is a reminder of the truth, guys, that Jesus is king. Guys, Christmas means joy. Christmas means miracle. Christmas means that God has come for us. That the king of heaven exchanged his throne for a cradle. The almighty swaddled himself in vulnerability. The creator entered into his creation. The author put himself on the page. The infinite became an infant. The giver became the gift. Jesus arrived as Emmanuel, God with us, that he is king and he has come that we might receive him and thereby receive eternal life. This is what it's all about. And here's the awesome part. This is what we're gonna do now, guys. This is not just philosophy. This is not just a good story hour. Guys, this is real, that Jesus saves. Jesus is doing things. Jesus does miracles. And we're about to watch it. Anybody excited about that? We watch this. And so what we're gonna do, guys, is these people are gonna be baptized. And you need to understand that these people are, are not getting saved and forgiven of their sin by being baptized today, but these people have, have heard this message right? They've, they've come to the terms that Jesus is who he says he is, that Jesus is king. They've, they've received their king. They've received forgiveness and eternal life. And now baptism is their way of just proclaiming to the world that I am new and Jesus has saved me. And we get to celebrate this, all right? And so guys, the picture is this, is that these people, they're going to get down here in the water and we're going to dip them, right? And as they go under the water, Right? It's a picture of being buried with Christ, that just as Jesus died and was buried, we die with Jesus to our sin, to our immorality, to ourselves. And as they come up out of the water, it's a picture of Jesus raising from death and presenting himself alive and new. And these people are new because of their faith in Jesus. And this is where you guys come in. When they come up out of the water, you're screaming, you're throwing chairs, you're doing whatever you got to do, okay? Because this is a celebration. People are crossing, have crossed from death to life, and we get to watch this today, all right? So without further ado, I need Anna and a microphone. Ronnie, you had that microphone, I think. There we go.